All right, this is the this is the final this is the final one, and then I'm then I'm. This is the final countdown. This is the Simply Love Jesus podcast. We explore life and faith through the lens of one question, which is what does it mean to simply love Jesus? My name is Caleb. And my name is Jordan. And you are tuning in on someday, probably Monday, when you're hearing this, but we've we've uh we've we haven't been good about posting episodes, and that's actually hundred percent my fault because I've been very busy. <laughs> Well, is that is that a fault? You're busy doing the Lord's work and FedEx. That's true. <laughs> FedEx. That's true. Delivering packages by day and the Lord's word by night. You know what mm. I'm saying? Um, that should be my. When Twitter. does the man sleep? That should be my Twitter bio. That should be. That should be. <laughs> Delivering actually. packages by day and the Lord by night. <laughs> Go follow us on Twitter. Actually, simply love Jesus. That's and maybe right. that will be the bio. Maybe it won't be, but there's a chance it you, will be. You never know. You never know but, until you look. Man, so glad that you're listening today and. I also made another mistake today. I actually forgot to bring my microphone. And so by the Lord's provision, or Jehovah Jireh, um, uh, Jordan actually had a spare microphone in his bedroom. So we had to like makeshift a whole new EQ real quick and set it all up. And here we are. So hopefully you like it. And I hope it's bearable for your ears and it's it's pleasurable. Like it's it's a feast that your ears can can nibble on. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> something took the words right out of my mouth. That, <laughs> probably not the words a poet would have chosen, but here we are. It's the words Caleb has chosen. <laughs> so if this is your first time tuning in or your first time in a long time, thank you so much for being here. Again, my name's Caleb and I started this podcast. Oh man. How long has it been? I think it's Three years, two I'm years. Check real quick. We're actually gonna check. I'm gonna check. And go back to episode one. Let's see. So we're scrolling and scrolling. I still feel so like egotistical for this, but it's but this podcast is legitimately like one of my favorite podcasts to go back and listen to. Yeah, um, it looks mainly, like it's been a little over two years, I guess. You, yeah, 2019, yeah. April of 2019. So two years, two years we've been doing this podcast. If you've been tuning in for a long time, I just want to express my gratitude for tuning in and staying consistent even when I haven't been consistent, even when you've kind of been in the thick of it with me through the ups and downs, through the hardships and the hard times and and just seeing how God, how, you know, the multiple hard hard hardships have come into my life and have created hurdles and it's put me in depression and it's put me in seasons of of, of hopelessness. And yet through it, Christ has brought me out of it. Um, it's weird to think about all the traumas in my life that have happened just since I started this podcast. Um, but you know, Jesus has been consistent and been faithful and I will continue to be faithful in serving him. And I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful that you would join in this journey with us, but specifically for this episode, me and Jordan, we've been going through a series called new Christian. Now what? So the series is all about exactly what it sounds like. It's, it's, you're a new Christian. Now, what do you do? So in the first episode, we talked about uh, that the first step that you need to take as a Christian is to answer one question. Who is Jesus? To you, who is Jesus? And that is the first and most important step that you should take as a new Christian. 
Uh, you can learn more about that in the obviously part one. In part two, we talked about that the second most important thing for you to do as a Christian is to understand the need for prayer, to understand the need for prayer. In the last episode, which is a two-part episode, actually, because it was just one so important, we had so much to say, and it was all about loving your Bible. It was all about loving your Bible. And so now we're going to jump into a new step, a new thing that you should do as a Christian. What is the next thing after you've answered that question, who is Jesus? After you've, you have, you know, learned the need, understood the need for prayer, and then you've learned to love your Bible. What is the next step after that? That's what we're going to talk about and we're going to cover in this episode. All right. Uh, so, so far, Jordan, I would love to hear like what have been like your highlights. What have been what's been like your takeaway for this series so far? What is maybe some things that you've maybe either learned or just what have what's something that's just stood out to you as you thought back about this series? Well, I think it's it's really given me more of a perspective and opportunity to reflect on when I really came back to following Jesus in 2020. Because, um, well, I, I could even argue that it was the end of 2019 that brought me back to being a Christian, back to following Jesus. Um, you know, I, I think this has really given us some clarity of, you know, sort of a longevity game of being able to stick with it in the long run. If you can answer the question, who is Jesus up front, you're put in a way better position to defend your faith and uh, be strong in it no matter what happens. Like we discussed, you know, what if they burn all the Bibles? What are you going to do? That's why prayer is so important. Who are you praying to, though? That's why identifying Jesus is so important. And it's been good to kind of do it like a reverse pyramid, like identify the most important thing and then go up that pyramid and get wider and more broad. And I, I think that's what we've been doing. And it's been a really good perspective. I, I've loved it. And I think, you know, if you've been listening up until this far, you know, hopefully you're feeling the same. And, uh, you know, getting stronger in your faith, even if you've been a Christian for a while and you're maybe struggling with your faith. You could even recommend this to someone who's going through that and to kind of give you that process to reevaluate, you know, what they say in the Baptist church, rededicate your life to Jesus. Mm. This is your opportunity to do that. Classic Baptist move. Exactly. That's good. Pro gamer move. Mm. Yep. So, I'm going to move my mic. There we go. I wanted to get it situated. I'm so OCD. Like, I'm just like, it's got to be perfect. It's got to. So in this, which is actually this, totally off topic, but I actually really like this stand that you got going on. You do? Because usually when I have my microphone, I got to, I got to lean over and sit really awkward. And it actually makes it, it makes it really uncomfortable for me um, to focus. Right. But this, I get to lean back in this chair and I could just kind of do my thing. Um, Yeah, man. So that makes it really fun. I gotta get one of these. Like, get it when we when I get new mics for us. I gotta get new stands. Yeah, I get stands. Stands are cool. I eventually, when we start making money, um, yeah. <laughs> when we actually start bringing in income, eventually, if we get our own office space, it'll be great to have a, its own room dedicated for podcasting. Um, but that's you know in the future. Yeah. But absolutely. anyways, so the next step that we're talking about as a Christian, what is the next thing that you should do after you've asked that question? You've learned to love your Bible. You've learned the need for prayer. What's the next thing? The next thing after that is community. It's understanding that you need people. You can't do life alone. You cannot do this life alone. You need people. 
Uh, and and one an evidence for that is the fact of the nature of God himself. So God himself is never alone. God, if something that you need to understand about the nature of God, is that God within himself is a community. We believe as Christians that we worship one God, one singular God. He is our Lord. He is the only Lord that we worship. He's the only God that we give praise to. However, there is a complexity within God because God is not just, he is one God and yet he is three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Each, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all God. The Jesus is God, the Spirit is God, the Father is God, and yet we only worship one God. We don't worship three gods. We don't worship, it's not like Jesus is one third God and they make a, like it's like a, a fraction. It's like they make a whole. No, no, they are each distinctly unique, unanimously one. Uh, and if that sounds very complicated, like it's okay, we'll talk about that another day. But to simplify it, uh, simplify it, you can chew this one on for size. Um, try is it try this one on for try this one on. Try for this size. one for chew, chew this. on this or try this chew one on. Chew on this. I don't yeah. I just I merge them together. Chew this Good. one on for size. Right, um, so here's a sentence if you want to break down the Trinity to as simple simplest as possible. And it it's you can break it down with this one sentence. That is the will of the Father is carried out by the obedience of the Son through the power of the Spirit. In one sentence, that is how you define the roles of the Trinity, is what that's called. The Trinity. Three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We worship one God. Now, the reason I explain that to you, the reason I want you to know that, is here's something to think about. So often in life, our biggest temptation is to handle our problems alone. We want to figure it. It's my problem. I'll fix it, right? We want to figure out our problems by ourselves. We don't want to tell other people our problems. We don't want to be, and, and our sinful, selfish nature, the, the enemy wants to tempt you to think that when you're going through problems, you shouldn't talk to somebody else about it. You don't want to text that person in the middle of the night or give them a call. Why? Because I don't want to bother them. How many times have you thought that to yourself? I would think through that all the time. Well, I don't want to talk to someone about this. Why? I don't want to be a bother. I don't want to mm. bother them. So what do you do? You just sit there and you Let think it about it. Up. Yeah, you think about it by yourself. You think on it on your own and you try to figure out your problems by yourself. But what in the world makes you think that you can do something that God himself doesn't do? Hmm. Yeah, let that sit there for a little bit because it's so easy to, you know, I think this especially I think applies to men more than women because I think a lot of us men, we, we have this sort of ego of like we can do it ourselves. I can do it myself. I don't need help. Like, you know, even when it comes to like carrying in the groceries from the car, it's like, no, I'm going to take all bags at once. Like we done that when we set up for events, it's like, no, we're not taking two trips. Let's carry all this stuff at once. Like pack it in the cooler. You know, it's like 70 pounds. We got it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, without help. Cause I don't know if it's necessarily that it's, I don't know if it's gen it's, biologically like this is just a more of a habit for men than women i i think part of it is just culturally culture. yeah culturally right. where you know you know it's 
this is going to sound so basic and cheesy, but it's like okay. the idea of, you know, girls wanting to have tea parties. You know, it's the idea that ever since girls were, or, you know, women, ever since women were little girls, you know, stereotypically, especially like in the past, was the idea of having tea parties. For thousands of years, women have all always, um, always collected together in little groups more mm. often than men do yeah so it's like i don't know if it's biologically that way but no, culturally, like culturally definitely there's an influence over those there. thousands of years now you yeah. don't have necessarily tea parties today but you do have you know girls go out to coffee girls go to beach trips together girls mm. day you know you have you know stuff like that is is culturally more common among women than it is men um now thankfully we're starting to adapt the culture a little bit more with men where it's no longer just the boys are getting together to watch football. Now it's, you know, there's a lot more that is starting to happen and, and be included and stuff like that. But to your point, yes, culturally men could struggle with this a lot more because our society perpetuates it. Our society forces it on us a little bit more is the idea of, well, you gotta be a man and chuck it up. Right. Be exactly. Like, you the know, toxic masculinity, thing. <laughs> the yeah. toxic masculinity. Oh, that, that's a whole nother topic. for That's something day. different, isn't it? That's a whole yeah. different day because okay. I can go on a rabbit trail. There's a lot of things I don't talk about on this podcast that, I don't know, it would stir up some, <laughs> it'd stir up some stuff for sure. I got isn't a lot. that the goal, though? That is true. Maybe not for this particular Maybe not for series. this particular podcast. Maybe yeah. for a different, there's just a lot of things and opinions I have on society that I haven't shared with the world. <laughs> I gotcha. I feel that. Smart. But anyways, so the purpose of this is we're talking about community. You need people mm-hmm. you need people you were designed in the image of god in the book of genesis you go through and read you were creating man and woman god created them he said let us create man in our image you are the only creature in all of creation that was fashioned to be in the image of god that you're pretty special <laughs> yeah i don't know if you've ever thought about that before but you are incredibly unique and incredibly special, but don't be tempted in thinking that you can do something that God himself doesn't do. God, everything God does is within a community, that community being within himself, but nevertheless, God always does things within community. And this is why you also need community so this thing keeps slipping it does slip a little bit you gotta tighten it it's heavy that's the the reason why yeah i don't think the stand was actually fashioned for this mic maybe not but it's okay it works what works is what works yep this and it shifted just like yeah just like that okay (laughs) so why is it jordan in your opinion why do you think we need community other than the fact that you know god created us for community but why else do you feel like we need community well first of all i think it's important that we're bringing up community as step four in this process because you know it's important to identify who is jesus um the power of prayer and to love your Bible before you figure out exactly which community you need to be a part of. Mm. Because if you don't even know what your own values are in Christ, then you could end up in the wrong community and just kind of let the community control you rather than you using, not using in a sense, but being in the right community 
for your walk with Christ. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that's, first of all, that's really crucial that you're, you know, listening to the first three parts and then coming into this. But community is so important because one, accountability, you know, it's very easy when you first become a Christian to get all excited about it. And then all of a sudden you're in, well, let's look at it this way. You're not, most of our lives, especially in today, you know, with social media and anything, we're never truly, not never, but like very rarely truly alone with our thoughts to begin with, right? So you're always being influenced by some group of people or some person or some form of media. So thinking about it like that, you come into the wrong, it's which community are you a part of? You know, Mm. maybe the job you work at, maybe the, you know, people that you were friends with prior to becoming a Christian, maybe some of your family members that you still keep in touch with are not necessarily the best community for you to be a part of. So slowly but surely, if you spend more time in that community rather than actively and purposefully finding a community that's going to enhance your faith, then it's very easy to fall back. Very, very easy to fall back. So first of all, that accountability of having brothers and sisters in Christ that can, you know, mold you and, you know, call you out and say, hey, you know, what are you doing here? You said you were going to do this. Like, you know, have you read your Bible this week? Oh, man, yeah, I totally meant to. But, uh, you know, responsibilities and stuff. So it's good to have that accountability there. Second of all, other people's, you know, viewpoints. You know, let's say you're in a group of people and you all look at a verse of scripture differently and it's impacted you differently and you can actually share your own stories and struggles. That's extremely important because, like you said, if you just keep your struggles bottled up, you know, you're, you're eventually going to have to do something to find an outlet for that energy and it's, or those emotions. So it's important to have that community to open up and say, man, I'm struggling. Like culturally speaking, guys struggle with this more than girls, right? You know, when girls go out, they can actually talk about their problems. Oh my gosh, this happened. But then guys, it's like, you know, take the problems, stuff it down and yeah, let's watch the game, Mm. you know? So it's good that that is changing. And you know, when you, since those communities are available now, go seek a community like that where you can actually have those people pour into you and where you can be open, honest, and authentic. Mm, yeah, that's good. Well, you know, you've been touched on it a little bit. Um, and by the way, if we, did, if, if we haven't even said it yet, I only remember if I, if I said it in the beginning, but the, the fourth step is to find community. Yes. So if you need it explicitly stated for your notebook. And I think this um, might be the title of this one too, but yes. Yeah. Right. Is yeah. Okay. Find community. Yes. That's the fourth step as a Christian. But as you said, it's, it's, you know, you have to have, you have to have those people that you're, that you're communicating with, that you're talking to, that you're bouncing those ideas off of, because, um, I don't remember. Well, that's how you grow too in your faith. Yeah. It's about having new perspectives. It's about having new perspectives, but it's also even having your perspectives corrected, you know? If all of a sudden you're left to your own devices, you're left to your own thoughts and you're and you're thinking through something that's not healthy or you're thinking through something that's not biblically true, but you think it is because, you know, I don't know, you feel like you have some extra special relationship with God, um, mm-hmm. you know, which isn't actually true. You know, God doesn't love you more than somebody else. He doesn't show favoritism. Right. Um, he loves all of us equally. And yet he loved all of us so much that he's willing to die for us. But God's not going to teach you or speak to you, say something to you that doesn't line up with the scriptures and that doesn't line up with the Bible, that doesn't line up with um, what Jesus taught his followers. And so when you have other people around you, if you're starting to think something and contemplate and have ideas about something that isn't actually 
what Jesus would have taught his followers, you have a community with you that can help correct you and to give you that correction and to point you back to the truth and to um, and to point you back to the truth when you're just down on yourself and you need encouragement. You know, if you're left to your within each and every single one of us is a like I've said before, you hear this, me say this a lot, but we have a me focused nature within us. Mm-hmm. There's a thing within us that wants to wants to be me focused, that wants to be selfish, that wants to be about what I want, what I need, what feels good to me. But when you follow that nature, that will lead you eventually to brokenness, which will lead you to hopelessness, which will lead you to death. Mm-hmm. There's a thing, this selfish nature that exists in the world that came when, you know, when Adam and Eve first chose to trust in their own wisdom and disobey God, and they brought that evil into the world. It's only desire is to drag you back into brokenness, back into, uh, ironically, uh, it's to drag us, each of us, back into what happened before God, uh, when God created the heavens and the earth. So here's a little bit of a theology lesson that we've, we've kind of promised that we're going to try to keep Christianese language at a minimum. And as the throughout the course of the series, we want to start introducing to you as a new Christian, assuming that you're coming from ground zero and don't know really anything about the Bible or about God or whatever. I wanted to go out that with this kind of framework. So uh, we want to introduce over the time, to- over time's ideas of theology, the idea of study of God, the idea of things that you should know about the Bible. So in the very beginning of the Bible, it says, if you open your very first pages, page one of the Bible, numero uno, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Mm-hmm. And then right afterwards, it says, um, let me pull it up. I don't, I don't want to misquote it. I was about to say it, but I just don't want to misquote it. Right. But it says the earth was formless and void. Formless and void. Um, yeah. In the beginning, yeah, was the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless. Other translations may say empty. Um, was formless and empty. Uh, or other translations would say void. Verse 2 says the earth was formless and empty. And the darkness covered the deep waters. So already when uh, the big mistake that people make is when they hear in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They have this misconception about God created the heavens and they would think maybe the sky or space and stars and stuff like that. And the earth. And they think a globe, you know, mm-hmm. a little circular thing, a little green stuff, anything, a globe. Right. That is not what the, the original writers of scripture thought. That was not their worldview. And their worldview was that the world was flat and that it sat on four pillars. Right. And that there were these, there's the abyss below, um, and that there was a kind of a covering over the, the earth. And that actually the blue stuff you see in the sky was water. That's what they believed back. And that's why um, later you'll see separated the, the waters above and the waters below later in Genesis. Um, but they also believed so and I want and this is why I want to this is why this is actually this does make sense and why it brings back into community and this all will tie together so stick with me here mm-hmm. um, so in the beginning and this is why you shouldn't be scared about this because some people think well what they believed wasn't scientifically true so should I trust the bible yes you should and here's why because the bible the book of genesis was not written to answer all of your science questions. Right. The book chapters 1 through 11 in the book of Genesis is what we would call origin story literature. 
origin story literature, long story short, is essentially trying to explain why things are the way that they are. So this is why the book of Genesis, or the first part of Genesis was written. It was in theme with a lot of ancient literature, the idea of, of origin story. Why are things the way that they are? You know, not only did how, how did come, things come to be, but the purpose and the answering of that is through the idea of, the, of these, um, they explained it the way that they did to introduce theological truths. To introduce truths about our world, truths about you and I and the people around us. And they explain that through this story, this origin story. These, uh, this is going to sound a, like a scary word in the context of scripture, but it's myths, essentially. But not in a false, not like when you think myths, that doesn't mean untrue. This is a story that they would tell their people to help explain certain truths about the world that we lived in, live in. That is why Genesis 1 through 11 was written, was to explain why things are the way that they are. So if that was the world that they believed, that the earth was flat, set on four pillars, all this other stuff, there are things within that that you can look at that and you can think about what it teaches us about this world. Now, I say all that to get to this point, that verse 2. The earth was formless and empty. The darkness covered over the deep waters. So people have always asked, uh, you may have thought this, if you've grown up in, around church, or if you haven't, uh, if you've heard about church, and you think about in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, you may have thought of this question at one point in your life. Well, what was before the beginning? What was it like before God created the heavens and the earth? What was before the beginning? So to answer this question, the Hebrew words for formless and empty will be tohu tohu va, va I cannot speak today. Tohu wabohu is the or va va wobu. Anyways, we can fact check it. We will fact check it later. Anyways, tohu wabohu is the is the words, and that those words mean this chaos. It's this chaotic uncontrolled untamed chaos so if you want a physical image to get an idea of what the world looked like before god created the heavens and the earth this is what you would do go to the beach go to the ocean wait till it's really dark mm. and then walk out into the beach i've done that stand in the waters maybe ankle ankle deep so you can't see anything to your left or your right you can't see a city you can't see sand all you see is right in front of you and it's just pitch black and it's just crashing waves and it's dark and you can't see anything, but you just have these waves that are crashing. And if you want to make it even better, wait until there's a middle of a storm. Don't swim all the way out there. Just, you know, middle of a storm, go out into the ocean when it's pitch black, middle of a storm, stand there and just listen and watch there. You can't see it, this black nothingness, but there's crashing in waves and all this stuff. This chaos, that's an image of this chaotic tossing and turning. And that right there was what the universe was like before God came. And now you have the first words of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was formless and empty. That chaotic tohu wabohu, the chaotic waters crashing. It's just chaos. Un untamed chaos 
and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. So what is happening here? And then you can, then you have the rest of the creation narrative, but I'm going to kind of skip over that because that's not the point. Um, the point is God brought order to this chaos. Mm-hmm. And so when he created everything, all right, track with me here, listeners, when he created every, he brought order to this chaos, order to this chaotic beginnings. All right. He brought order to it all and everything was perfect. And then we lived in this shared space between heaven and earth. We lived in this space where God and humanity dwelled together in perfect harmony. Heaven and earth were complete harmony. That's what Eden was, is the place where heaven and earth overlapped. All right. And then what happens? Sin enters the world, right? Which mm-hmm. separates heaven and earth. Right. Separates us from God. So sin, remember when we talked about this in an earlier episode, uh, Satan is not the opposite of God. Sin is. Right. So if God came, track with me here, now you're, I hope you're, hopefully you're starting to put some pieces together. If God came to bring order to the chaos, this chaotic water, all this chaos, and he brought order to this darkness and chaos, and the opposite of God is sin, then that would mean that sin is attempting to drag us back to what? Chaos. That ca- that tohu wabohu, that chaos, that dark, chaotic, ugh, I don't even have right. word, ugh, just this, like it just drags you back into that dark chaos. Mm-hmm. Now, this is my whole point, all coming back to this main idea and this is why it actually ties so perfectly into why you need to find community there's a thing a thing with inside of you that's always there until jesus comes and cures this world of evil that wants to that wants to drag you back into that chaos it's what demons do it's what satan does it's what sin does it just wants to it is this is why uh, in the Bible Project, you can go look this up on YouTube. The Bible Project has a really cool video on spiritual beings and uh, demons and angels and stuff like that. And in it, they explain how demons, I love how they worded this. They said that demons are not for anything. They're just anti-everything. Mm. They just want to take... And they have this beautiful imagery. I really encourage you go. Well, actually, we're going to link the video in the show notes. Yeah, let's so do that. We'll link the video in the show notes because this is beautiful imagery. I just need flawless imagery where they had this dark, shadowy figure who's just grabbing. He's like sitting in an alley. I don't know where he's at, but he's just standing in a scenery. And you can see all these like buildings and stuff behind him. But he starts just dragging the corners of the screen and just like this black gooeyness, just like just got crumpling down and just wants to drag and it's just like grabbing this dark stuff and it's like gooeyness and just painting over the picture with this darkness right that is what sin wants to do to you that is what your evil selfish nature your me focused nature wants to do you can do and that things like positive thinking are very helpful you can help train your mind but at the end of the day no matter how healthy you are no matter how mentally positive thinking you are the end of the day your me-focused nature is always working against you to drag you back into that chaos and brokenness and, and crazy darkness. So no matter how much you are 
no matter how much you are healthy or whatever, it is always going to try to bring you back to that chaos and that darkness. It is always going to work to deceive you. Sin is deceitful. Sin, selfishness, it will always work to deceive you and is always against you. And so, and I tell you all that because so natural, our natural inner desire is to do things yourself, mm-hmm. to, to figure it out on our own, to not have community, to not have help. We get angry. We want to push people away. Or we, in our own dysfunction, want to latch on to people so tightly that we are actually still pushing them away. We're either negatively and just trying to shove people out of our life or we spend or we in an unhealthy way cling on to them so much as another means of pushing them away overwhelming them and pushing that we that in our brokenness we want to be alone that's not a good thing in our brokenness we want to be alone but the only thing that wants you to be alone is your me focused sinful nature that wants to drag you back into that 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 chaos that darkness. And so what happens when you bring the light into this picture? It's when you have friends, family, community. Well, that was a good perspective. A great perspective on the book of Genesis there. Dang. Oh, thank you, man. I like it. What are your thoughts? Still trying to process it all, but <laughs> no, I'm serious. But like, I don't know. Cause I think that that's always the hardest thing to think is like, you know, what happened before Genesis one, one. Well, I guess where you're answering the question by saying there was just formlessness and emptiness right just the darkness right and then god comes in and brings the light and you know he created us so hold on he creates us in his image but then we allow that like when he created adam and eve in his image adam and eve were without sin Mm -hmm. but then when sin enters again that's when that formlessness and emptiness enters again that we still have to this day in each and every one of us. Yeah, which is now back. interesting. Now think of the biblical narrative here. Remember? Okay, so God creates Adam out of the dust and he says it is not good for man to be alone. Alone. It's right. not good yeah. for man that's to why be he creates lonely. Eve. Yeah. It is not good for man to be lonely. So he plucks out his rib and uh, then from the rib fashioned and created Eve. Right. Um, and so that was good. Everything was good and perfect. All right. Then sin, mer. All right. Meh. Yeah. Though, what is the very next story that happens next? The Cain and Abel. What happens in the Cain and Abel story? Betrayal, murder, okay, chaos. Yeah. So he get, yeah. Well, yeah. He get, okay. So let's walk through the narrative. You have these two sons, Cain and Abel. Yeah. They have this sacrifice, and uh, God accepts Abel's sacrifice and does not show favor on Cain's sacrifice. And then Cain, what happened? He gets jealous, right? He gets angry. The God warns him, sin is crouching at the door and will always look for a chance to devour you. Um, but you have a chance to resist it. What does he do? He doesn't. He doesn't resist it. He kills his brother. Exactly. And, yeah. then, what, and then what happens to Cain? Then he, um, hold on, I know this. He, uh, 
he has to come before the Lord. Yeah, he comes before the Lord, and but yeah, then what he tries to hide it too. He try, well, yeah, he tries to hide it, but eventually, Instead what does he like, do? Does he stay there? No, no. What did, he goes off? He leaves alone. Yeah. But granted, mm -hmm. he brings his wife with him, but yeah, um, he has his wife, and they go off and they travel or whatever. But the the emphasis is that he goes alone. He was with his brother. That was the main two characters in the story in the narrative. Yeah, Cain and Abel. He kills one. He's alone. He's doing it by himself now. Yep. So again, because he's pushing away yeah. the Lord. Essentially, if you're pushing away people, you're pushing away the Lord. Yeah, and so he goes off by himself. Well, I mean, he he brings his wife with him, but the narrative and the focus of the narrative. Well, also in the narrative, it's like when a husband and a wife go together, they're one flesh, and now are exactly. alone essentially because a husband and wife even aren't supposed well, thanks, to be alone. I didn't even think of that. Flesh. So yeah. thanks for you know now further emphasizing my point, and then also poking a hole in my in my thought process. <laughs> <So>, yeah, because <laughs> I was sitting there thinking, I was like, well, he did go with his wife, but then you also noted like, well, yeah, but they're two in one flesh, so they're technically one person. Okay, cool. So now you just. You further prove exactly. my point. There's and even so, more now. <laughs> so he literally was alone. They were, were. They were. They was alone. They was alone. Yeah. <laughs> they um, be alone. No. I appreciate that because I was actually, as I was explaining that, I was like, oh man, I think I just poked a hole in my own thesis, and then you fixed my problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, that's good. That, that's. I mean, it shows that in the narrative. Then he was alone, and it was not good for humanity to be alone. To be exactly. Lonely. Yeah. It is not good for you to not have community. Like right. You need community. So the question is now, how do you find community? Where do you find community, right? Do you just go to any random person you meet at the bar? Like, where yep. do you find no. community? <laughs> Churches is a great start. Yeah. Church uh, groups specifically for your age group or not even age group, but your walk in life. Yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of churches do try to divide it up with age groups like, you know, oh, if you're in college, if you're a young professional, like this is who you need to be around. But if you're going through a different season in life, I think that's even more important to, yeah. to take into consideration. Why is it important to find your community in church, though? Because those are typically going to be people who are. And I say typically because, well, let's say it like this. I'd say if you're looking for a, like a youth, not a youth group, but like a community or family group within a church. You're finding people that are not only going to church that are, you know, what I identify as Christian, but are actively seeking God's word because they're going outside of just Sunday service. They're going to something else, something yeah. in addition, right? Yeah. Like, okay, we went to Sunday service, but now I want to actually go out and meet people and I actually want to learn more about this Jesus character. Yeah. Right. Another reason would be um, because you're surrounded by people who are also filled with the spirit you're surrounded by people who have also been as we talked about in a previous episode another other people who are born again mm -hmm. if you're surrounded by people who are born again then that means you're surrounded if you're not if you're surrounded by people who aren't born again you're surrounded by people who are being controlled by what kind of nature there's there's sinful me, nature yeah. yeah they're me focused nature mm -hmm. so that means that, okay, and my me-focused nature is always trying to drag me back to what? Chaos. Chaos. That, that, that beginnings, that, that, that original before God brought order and stuff. It was the chaos and the untamed control craziness. So if you're surrounded by people who are filled with only that me-focused nature, eventually you're going to follow down those same paths. That's just going to drag you back into that brokenness. But mm. if you're surrounded by people 
who are filled with the Spirit, surrounded by people who've been born again, you're surrounded by people who are speaking life into you, who mm-hmm. are speaking those truths into you again. You're surrounded by people who are going to point you back to the truth and help you grow. The best kind of community that you can surround yourself with is a community that's going to point you back to the truth of who Jesus is. A community of people who are also, as we said before, born again. A community of people who also love Jesus with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. People who desire to follow Jesus. And so where do you find that? You find that in the church. Mm -hmm. You may be listening to this right now and you may either just started going to a church or maybe you haven't gone to a church yet you you still haven't found the right church for you so how do you know how can you know what church is a healthy church what community is good community because i'll be totally honest it's really difficult to find solid christian friends there's a lot of messed up people who claim that they're christians but they're not and so how do you find a good church? How do you find, how do you know how to find what in the world are you doing? <laughs> I'm messing with that. <laughs> Your little I'm cockroach fiddling. toy. Yes. <laughs> so how do you find a good church? How do you find a church you can trust? How do you find Christians that are truly authentic? What is it that you should be looking for? I think you should first look at the church, like attend a service and see how, see if they actually preach from the word. Yeah. You know, and actually preach the truth of, that aligns with your the answer to your question who is jesus because if like that pastor whoever stands up there on stage and preaches for however long on sundays is is like the primary influencer of the culture of that church Mm. so if you got the wrong person up there that's not aligning with your view of who jesus is or the answer to that question then uh go to a different church you can be people can do a really good job of fooling you you know, oh, yeah. there's a lot of deceitful Christians out there who want you would trick you into thinking that they're speaking truth. But because of if you're a it, you have the I'm not going to say if you're not not it's going to sound bad. But if you're an immature Christian, you're not going to know better. Now, I don't mean immature in a derogatory way or in a bad insulting way, but I mean it in the sense that if you're a new Christian, you have the if you're a new Christian. You have the innocence of a child in a spiritual way. Mm-hmm. And children are not wise. <laughs> right. Children aren't wise. They, they, they're children. They don't know the world. They don't know the world around them. They don't understand what's good and evil yet. They don't understand. They haven't processed these things. And as a new Christian... You are like a a child, not in a bad way, in a beautiful way. But because of that, it is important that you listen to wisdom and you are able to discern and be able to take all of that in mm-hmm. and to be able to trust, to know who to trust. Who are the who is the the spiritual mommy and daddy that you're going <laughs> to you're going to trust the people who are wiser? Or whatever. So how do you find those people? How do you find community? How do you find a church that you can trust? 
my piece of advice to you is to look for evidence that they have answered they look for evidence that those people make Jesus the Lord of their life. You can see it through their actions. Look at the fruit that they bear. You can know what kind of Christians you can trust by the fruit that they produce. Um, mm-hmm. If you need to, if you're gonna, if you need to start second guessing, if you're gonna start second guessing yourself whether these people can be trustworthy or not, they probably aren't. Right. Yeah. If you know. These people are if you have if you're if you see people who claim to follow Jesus but most of their message is about downcasting others, you know, that you have some street preacher who's going around and saying, you know, God hates you, you know, believe in Jesus, you're gonna go to hell. Like you mm-hmm. have these people who are just shouting angry and wrathful and a very false sense of zeal. Um, you can tell that those people probably aren't really Christians, right? Despite how much they would say they are, despite how much they want to quote the Bible, that's cool. The, the devil can quote the Bible too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, he knows the Bible better than you do. He knows the Bible better than anyone does, really, yeah, except for Jesus. Thing, yeah. But <laughs> oh, my laptop's dying. Oh yeah, plug that in. Can't charger. Can't lose that. Animating my experience. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So, yeah. Learn by the learn by the fruit. Look at their fruit, what they produce. Look at their works. Are they spending? Are the? I mean, here's another qualifier that really makes you think twice. Is the only time that they are talking about Jesus? Is the only time that they're actually showing that they're a Christian? The only time that they're doing that on Sunday. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you only see them praising God on Sunday, or do you see that even in their everyday life? They are looking for opportunities to serve others. Mm-hmm. That is how you can know whether you can trust them. That's how you can know whether you can follow that person. Yeah, exactly. Look at the fruit, not just on Sunday where they're wearing their Sunday's best. Are they wearing their Sunday's best on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? And by Sunday's best, I mean how they're carrying themselves through the, the fruit that they're producing. The, the way that they talk about God. Are they doing that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? So where do you start? Where do you find people? Where do you start looking? Yeah, I would actually say if you have that... Well, see, let's, we could talk about efficiency and then effectiveness, right? It'd be more efficient to just, like, go on social media and, you know, try to figure out, like, look at reviews, like, almost like you're looking at, like, a restaurant Yelp reviews or something versus yeah. actually... You know, the more effective way would actually be to go visit the restaurants and figure out your own opinion. Mm-hmm. So um, either one of those would be effective, I think, in their own respective way. Yeah. But yeah. If you go check out actually checking out the church, I think in this case would be better considering you're looking for like the restaurant example. You're just looking for somewhere to eat on a Thursday night. Yeah. Where here you're looking for a church to really grow in your faith and spend, you know, 
hopefully like years and years into the future with so uh so here I, i'd say go to churches for like spend a couple months even like going to different services sign up for a small the, group yeah small groups are great for that That's how absolutely we met. yeah exactly yeah we met at a random small group at a church exactly and we were both like church hopping yeah at the time so yeah. it was like <laughs> it worked so yeah just you never know who you'll connect with i mean making friends can be a very scary thing especially after you turn 21 years old um, <laughs> right. after you're out of college making friends is a lot more difficult because you have to be intentional about exactly process, yeah you have to you be know? intentional so um i would encourage you just to do your best to go out try to meet people go to a small group go to a church sign up for a group and don't just decide after the first time give it at least a couple weeks you know mm-hmm. And, and if it's not working after a couple of weeks, hey, that's totally okay. Go try a different place. Not every place, not every person is going to be the right fit for you. Right. You got to find the place that's the right fit for you, mm-hmm. which means people. You're just going to click with some people. You're not going to click with every single person. That doesn't necessarily make those other people bad. No, 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 it just it means they're not going to be the perfect fit for you. Yeah, it just means it doesn't mean you're not. Bad. And I don't people... even think "perfect's" the best word because you know you could like literally search every church in America and go oh, yeah. to try to find the perfect one. I could, but no, every, that's a waste of time. Every single church is imperfect. You. Even the church that I go to is imperfect. I exactly. Can, you know, every church that I can, you can point out all types of problems with people or whatever. But it's all about if it fits right with you. Do you got? Do you have chemistry? You know, mm-hmm. do you have chemistry with the people? I mean, some it's harder for some people than others, but you know, go for a pl- go to a place that you feel like you have some chemistry with the people there. You can and you can see glimmers of a solid relationship that can be built mm. and find community. All of us need community. Amen to that. Mm. Even Jesus. He spent all Literally, his time yeah. hanging out. Is there a time in the Bible? Well, other than like when he was being tempted in the desert, it was like the only time he was alone, but that was literally him being tempted. Yeah. I right? mean, and there's not a lot, not a lot of details of Jesus's life from the ages of like 12 ish to like 30. Yeah, that's true. So we don't know much. We don't know anything about his life in between that time. I mean, it's not hard to speculate. He was becoming a carpenter working with his dad. So he did that till he was at least 18. Um, and then in the meantime, he was also training to be a rabbi. Mm-hmm. So he, he was doing that as well. So he, I mean, he was around people and stuff, but really when he started his ministry, Jesus surrounded himself with, he had his three very pe- people who were in his inner circle, but he had the 12, the 12, dis- 12 apostles or the disciples. Yeah. Um, well, he, he had the 12 apostles. But then he also had well, people. Not a lot of people realize he didn't just have twelve people. He had like seventy-two disciples. He right, it was just the twelve lot, apostles yeah, were like an, he had anointed. A, he had at one point hundreds of people that were always around him. Yeah. Um, so find your community. That's the most important thing: is to find your community and know that when you're doing that, you are creating an accurate, not parallel. But you are getting a glimpse of the relationship that God has with himself. Mm-hmm. And you're getting a beautiful image and glimpse of the hope that is waiting for us when Jesus returns. So, yeah. <laughs> Find your community, man. <laughs> yeah, it really is so important, though. Uh, just a, a final verse. Oh, did you have any? You had a passage you had 
pulled up earlier when we first started. What was that? I'll pull it up. I don't know if it was at all related to community, but I'm going to read it anyway. Yeah, go for it. Because it was uh, 2 Corinthians 4.17. Our troubles are small. Well, no, I'm going to change the NIV. I use the NIRV, but NIV sounds better. I'm just kidding. What? That's it, sinner. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) So for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all talking about you know like I love, another translation of that same passage is the second corinthians what uh 4 17 yes our troubles are small they only last for a yep. short time and the esv it says for our light and momentary afflictions are achieving for us an eternal weight of glory mm-hmm, beyond all comparison <sighs> that'll preach that's powerful <laughs> man what was that <laughs> hiccup man that'll preach as well i guess yeah I mcdonald's sprite strikes again it will <laughs> I want to read for you this last passage that I'm sure there's better passages that I could read to you on community, but this one is the first one that came to mind. It's John chapter 17, starting verse 20. This is Jesus's prayer. This is right before he gets arrested. One of the last words that he, last prayers that he has really, but his last real moments of being alone. And he's praying, this is before he gets taken and he's going to get crucified. And Jesus prays, I'm not praying. I am, I am, <laughs> Jesus prays. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, may they be in us, so that the world will believe you have sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Mm. The fourth step as a new Christian is to find community. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you for, I really hope you just got a good word out of this whole experience, but I want to be, I want to thank, well, actually, no, I'm not going to use Chill Hop this time. I'm going to use a new service. Ooh, so thank them. Well, I don't have to, but I pay for it. Hey. <laughs> um, <I'm gonna> be- <laughs> I give you money. I don't need to give you thanks. <laughs> That's right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so thank you again for tuning in today. Follow us on YouTube if you want shorter versions of these podcasts. And uh, if you want to follow along with this series specifically, but we also have other videos and stuff. So follow us on our YouTube. Also, if you would like to join us for our next party, our next gathering will be August 21st in Lenox Park. In Lenox Park. Our next party will be at Lenox Park, August 21st. Is that right? That's the one. Is that what I put down? That's what you put down. Okay. Yeah, August August 21st. Firth. August 21st is our next party. If you live in the Atlanta area, you want to come hang out with us, have a good time, throw some frisbee, throw some cornhole, 
throw a football. I don't know what we'll have for food. Maybe we'll just do PB and J. I don't know, but we'll have some worship. We'll have a good word from our main squeeze, Mr. Jordan. Um, yes, absolutely. That's, this will be my first time speaking publicly since 2020. So wow. I'm pretty pumped about it. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity. Heck yeah, dude. Always. <laughs> um, so if you want to join us, feel free to come out. Follow us on Instagram at SLJ Ministries. Let us know how we can pray for you.